Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It is episode 102, and boy, do we have plenty and plenty to talk about. The Clausura has kicked off on the right foot for Las Aguilas de la América, obviously winning against Tigres. And then, of course, our ladies continue their good run of form as they go 3-for-3 in this Clausura as well. We have plenty to talk about in regards to that. Some transfer speculations, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. If anything, uh, our expert here, Christian, will get us all the info on that and then of course uh we have a very special guest today and uh let me start off by introducing him it is uh, one of the pioneers of liga mekis english it is none other than cesar hernandez cesar how are you doing well i mean i always uh always love a good excuse just to talk about soccer in a random way you know you know midweek kind of day you know you know why not especially when you've got a big uh, match coming up over here in the Juana area with a, a certain team called Club America. So I have a feeling that's why I might be on the podcast today. That, right? that may may or may not <laughs> be the, the reason. reason. <laughs> uh, no, but again, a pleasure to have you on. It's been a while. We definitely wanted to have you on for your expertise down here uh, because, of course, the whole Cholo situation as well. But you're not a... Uh, you're not. Uh, you're also aware of everything else going on in Liga Mekis. So it's always a pleasure to have you on here with your expertise. Oh, well, thank you for, for having me on. Always, yeah. Any, anything Mexican soccer related, like, uh, I'm always more than happy to talk about it. If anything, I'm a little too happy to talk about it. And then hopefully this podcast isn't three hours long. And if it's five hours long, I apologize. You know, maybe you'll have to edit that. I, we probably would. Ha- we, we, that's going to give me a lot of homework to do tonight. But uh, let me introduce, as always, my co-host <laughs> for tonight. It's none other than Mr. Christian Rosendo. Christian, how's life in New York? Uh, it's still cold, but we're just getting over it. Um, but I'm excited, excited for uh, Cesar to be here, and uh, I'm just ready for this episode. All right, all righty. Well, like Cesar said, it is a midweek episode. Who needs Copa Yankees when you have the Eagle Eye podcast, right? So <laughs> we have plenty to talk about. It's, it's Copa Yankees knockout round, though, right? People, people care about that a little bit. I mean, I, I, I still, I still don't get hyped about it, but I feel like people really like. And I, I feel like, it, like it's it's a, it's a little bit more exciting because it's a new Copa Mekis, right? It Not is. to be barging in here, it's a Copa Mekis, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, most definitely. Um, you're right. It it it, it is. It, it does have its new excitement with this new format. But of course, that's not what we came here to talk about. We came here to talk about the upcoming match between America and Cholos. We're gonna preview. We're gonna recap the game between America and Tigres at the Estadio Azteca. We're gonna give a little bit of you guys an insight on what happened with Cholos and what happened to their visit over in Querétaro. Kind of give us more of a better perspective coming into this matchup. And then of course we have Lady Aguilas, which is exactly where I want to start off, Christian. Our ladies continue their good run of form as they see out. Yet another victory against a very good side in Santos Laguna. Oh, uh, walking away with a 3-2 victory. Looking like they were going to walk away with a better goal margin. But it did happen that Santos got a late goal. Kind of pressing things a little bit. Uh, making things a little bit uncomfortable for our ladies. But uh, like I mentioned previously, they walk away with three points. What do you think so far of the ladies? I think this is the start that me, you, and Dylan kind of envisioned with this squad. Um, obviously, last season in our in our exit in the year, we knew that things had a had to be spruced up a little bit, and I think the start of the season is be it's uh, it's promising. Uh, we have a lot of offense. Uh, we are currently the best offensive team in the league right now, and with three out of three, I think it's a pretty, pretty good, good start. start. Maybe got to be a little bit more solid in defense, but again, it's it's only. It, it, I you know, agree. I guess you can only go through through this match and say so much, but uh, the ladies putting on a good show, good performance. Uh, again, the lady that uh, everyone's been talking about is none other than Jen Munoz herself. Um, completely, completely dominating the midfield for America seems to have grown into her role. Uh, as an America player, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think of her so far? Uh, honestly, if you want to you want to make this comparison, we can kind of say she was uh, she is like the the Guido of the team. You know, everything kind of oh, just revolves God. revolves around her. You know, she she's becoming that kind of an important player for this team. And I think as long as she keeps her girl in a form, I think this team should do just uh, just, just fine. Does that mean that Jen Munoz is going to sign for Real Betis at some uh, point? That might future? be a possibility. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, it, it's it's she she's definitely gonna have a lot of eyes on her. She can continue her good run of form like that. I mean, look at the look at Santiago is a perfect example, right? Being uh, the great goalkeeper that she was, playing for America, and then you know having having the leap towards Europe now, being uh, over there at in in 
in Holland. So it's just it, it it goes to show that these ladies can make the jump if they continue their good run of form. And I think Jen is definitely on on the next stage uh, for for her dream. If if her dream is to go back is to go to Europe, um, then she's definitely doing the right things to get there. Uh, now, as so I said, I know this is not uh, the your field of expertise, but I do know that you do have a bit of an idea of what uh, what these ladies play for and and, and, and kind of the league and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell us, or, or what do you know so much about this America side? America Feminine? I mean, I mean, what you've seen so far is a strong start they've had to the season. And I think that one thing that you do have to keep in mind, obviously it's an interesting time in Liga Mekis Feminine because you have... Uh, the Olympic qualifiers are coming up uh, for for the women's team. So you see key players missing for numerous Liga Mekis uh, feminine teams. I think, I'm not entirely sure how many from America are uh, within, because I know they announced the 20-woman uh, roster they're, they're going to have for Olympic qualifying. So I don't know how many players are missing from the team. So it's a little bit of an interesting, uh, interesting time once again. But... I mean, you see, uh, what's her face? Uh, the the leading goal, one of the leading goal scorers, uh, the Liga Mekis Feminine, is uh, within uh, America Feminine. I think you have like a four or five women right now who have uh, three goals so far this season. And I believe one of them is an America Feminine. And I think what's kind of interesting too is because like, I, I, it seems like for the most part, when you think of like the powerhouses of Liga Mekis Feminine, you tend to think like maybe a Monterrey, maybe a Tigres. You know, Pachuca has traditionally kind of been like up and down, but they tend to do quite well. So I think it's actually quite promising for for America. I know that America, they there was at one season that they won the title on the men's side and the women's side too. But I think that you kind of think that maybe it would be a Monterrey or Tigres who would kind of be up there. I know, I think there's still, I think they have a game in hand and they both still have a game to play. But it's quite impressive. I mean, three three and zero. Oh, I mean, what what else could you ask for if you're if you're a fan of no, America? Yeah, most Femenina? definitely. Most most definitely. Um, now to to kind of. Uh, go back to what Cesar was saying. Uh, yes, the uh, uh, the Olympic qualifier team was announced. Uh, I believe one of our ladies is on that roster. Um, it's going to be very unprofessional, but I do not remember her. She is a defender, though. Um, I, I would have to look that up. But you're right, Cesar. These kind of pre-Olympic qualifiers are definitely going to kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of weaken some of these teams. Uh, but it might be uh, might be forgetting some of these, uh, you know, younger, uh, you know, younger talents that are on the bench. Sometimes maybe they can come up and step up in the moments that uh, that require of them. So it should be interesting. But uh, Christian, again, uh, a good start. Like we mentioned, uh, anything else you want to add on in regards to these ladies? Because like you said, uh, you know, three and uh, three for three. Uh, what more could you have expected for? We're we're topping the uh, the league at the moment. Uh, you know, a- a- yes. anything else we could add on to this? I think we need to keep an eye on on this uh, on this young girl Acampa. I think she's been doing uh, wonders for us. Kampa, you know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, scored two goals in two minutes uh, in uh, the, the 60, 61st and 63rd to give us a 2-1 and 3-1 lead. Um, you know, this seems like a very promising and interesting player for us. And um, I think with, uh, with the leaving of, of, uh, of Lucero, I think this is a player that can kind of fill fill. Oh, yeah, most nicely. definitely. I mean, has big shoes to fill, but, uh, I mean, has showed a lot of bright, uh, bright moments, not just in this game, but in previous games as well. Uh, so it should be interesting to see how, uh, how these ladies keep continuing to, you know, play the run of form uh and and one thing to add before we kind of wrap this up is uh you see kind of the environment you, you know some of the videos that these girls are posting or, or that the team is posting themselves you you see the camp and you see the environment the training it, it just seems that it's a very happy place to be at at the moment it seems that uh, everyone's getting along everyone's gelling and, and the team that we've all expected it from the apertura finally showing in the clausura wasn't there a video recently too of Jen Munoz and another player within the team? They were outside. They were like outside. I don't know where in Mexico City, but they were just kind of like playing pickup. Yeah, yeah with yeah, like a yeah, with just like yeah, some yeah, random yes, kids. Yes, uh-huh. and it was just like and it's just and it's like that's pretty cool. And I think that kind of like speaks volumes. That just like it's not just like some girl playing by herself, but just like her teammate as well, and that they feel compelled to be like, hey, let's go out and let's go out, kind of like play the community. Because I feel like that that kind of says a lot, not just about what's happening on the field, but off the field to kind of make that connection. I think that's really promising, really exciting too, just to see that kind of connection that a player can make, especially since someone like Jen Munoz, you know, she's a Mexican-American player who 
probably you know she's obviously not from mexico city to be to be able to make that connection i think it's quite it is and i think that's why a lot of people are, are growing to her or are, are kind of getting this big affection for her because she has shown to be kind of the face of this team uh especially in the moments where where things were looking good last season and now when things are looking up uh not just because of what she's been able to do on the pitch but everything that she's been able to do off the pitch as well um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll continue to keep an eye out on the ladies, uh, which, by the way, their next match uh, is going to be up against uh, Necaxa. So, uh, you know, it, some people would say it's just Necaxa, but take it with a grain of salt. It is an away game. Of course, these are never an easy thing to do. And by the way, the ladies have two consecutive away games. So that is going to be a very difficult task for them to kind of follow up in that 3-for-3. Three three. Can they make it 4-for-4? Four four? We'll have to wait and find out. That game is going to be Friday uh, this Friday, actually. Uh, so the same day that the men are going to be playing, the ladies are going to be playing away at Necaxa. Should be an interesting one. We'll keep you guys up to date with everything in regards to that. And hopefully the ladies can walk away with three points. Christian, anything else to add on? Yes, the player that is on the Mexican roster is there Daniel Espinosa. There you go. Daniel Espinosa. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. This yeah. is why we have Christian. <laughs> he's, he's our <laughs> fact checker. Um, no, but definitely, definitely. Uh, Cesar, anything else you'd like to uh, add on in regards to the, you know, Liga Mekis feminine side of things? No, it's, 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 a, it's another promising start for, 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 for America. You know, I think that a lot of America fans think about once again, that one season where the feminine side and the men's side, both lifting a title. And I know because it is America, there are high ambitions for not only the men's side, but also like for the entire, you know, kind of organization. So you wonder Maybe this is a sign that is this is it going to happen again this year? Is it going to happen again this season? I mean, obviously, it's way too early to tell these kinds of things. It's Liga Mackey's things drastically change from week to week. But I mean, if if that's going to happen again, I mean, maybe it looks like it could potentially be a likelihood if, if things continue the way they already have. No, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, again, the ladies game is going to be on Friday as well as the men's side of things. So we'll have to keep you guys up to date with both of those matches. But make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Follow us over on Twitter. and We'll keep you guys up to date with everything at Resaca America. Uh, no, underscore US is our Instagram. Make sure you guys follow that as well. Uh, at Resaca America US is our Twitter handle. So make sure you guys do that. We'll keep you guys up to date with everything. And don't forget to use the hashtag Lady Aguilas whenever uh, the game does come on. As we'd like to show our support and uh, the continued support of our ladies. So uh, with that said... The ladies uh, continue to have a good run of form. Now let's go and shift our attention to the other clausura on the other side of Guapa, and that is the men's. Uh, Christian, we came into this match. America faced uh, Tigres last Saturday at the Estadio Azteca in a match in which a lot of us expected uh, a, kind of a quite different game from both America and Tigres. But, of course, as the week kind of uh, went on, Injuries came coming out of the blue for both teams, actually, uh, with Tigres not having Guignac. Mm -hmm. Of course, us had not having, you know, a, a good chunk of our players. And then, of course, losing Bruno Valdez at the last minute. Um, it it, looked, to, it mm -hmm. looked like a very promising matchup. But once we got those starting 11, it looked like America might have to be in a bit of trouble. But that kind of wasn't really the case. And... We ended up winning this match, Christian. I mean, what do you? What's your takeaway? First of all, what was your initial thought once you saw the starting eleven? This is something that we were talking about prior to the game. It was who's going to play, what formation are we going to use, and then you know everything that kind of corresponded from that. Right. Well, first when I saw the the injury that uh, that Bruno had picked up, um, and you know instantly, you know I texted you guys and I immediately said, okay guys, I think I think Hadet's gonna finally get his debut. I think that's what kind of uh, headlined for me uh, before the starting of the match. But talking about the gameplay though, uh, I we definitely expected a different match. Uh, the gameplay kind of didn't live up to the hype of an America Tigres, uh, you know, kind of kind of spectacle. So it was a little bit poor, I guess, in a way, but. At the same time, though, given the circumstances for both teams, I think it was a it was a no, good yeah, win definitely. for us. Cesar, like like uh, Christian mentioned, yeah. uh, the new Clásico of the of the new era in Liga Mekis didn't live up to its expectation. <laughs> the, the, the modern, modern Clásico didn't live up to ex classico. to the expectations. Uh, I mean, I don't know. How did you see this game? Did did you feel that it it was definitely an America Tigres matchup, or did did it leave much more to desire? I mean, obviously, you want a little bit more from both sides. I would say you wanted more from Tigres. I thought Tigres were the more boring side, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And I think, uh, what was it, Tuca? Was it on Monday? He had a press conference. It was just like, 
if you want to go see something exciting, like I'll tell you something that was exciting. I saw Juan Gabriel. That was really exciting or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, talk about basically how like uh, if you want to be like, I don't know if you want to see a spectacle. Uh, I, I think that's maybe the per, maybe a little bit more of the correct translation. The spectacle, then you should go watch like some sort of concert or show mm-hmm. because people are complaining about how Thigus looked, but Thigus were pretty poor. And America, I mean, I think when you consider, I mean, you guys talked about it. Some of the the omissions, some of the players who were missing. I think that was perfectly fine. And correct me if I'm wrong. It was, was it five three two. It was five three two. I mean, I, I think I think I think Bioko got it right. You know, I think Bioko got it right, and I think that when you consider that, what was it? So, so Guido is gone, uh, Ibarra is injured, Tucker Valdez, Roger Martinez. I mean, there's all the rumors of, of who what, uh, who knows what's going. on. I mean, there's strong rumors he might be going to Major League Soccer. Who knows what's happening there? I mean, Vinyas, he's he's doing what? He's with the the Uruguayan uh, youth yes. national. Mm-hmm. So player after player after player missing. So you have to rely on Henry Martin. You have to re- rely on Gio. They both had some decent opportunities in the first half, and then they both connected uh, in the second half to be able to create that goal. Mm-hmm. And Henry, actually, he, he almost could have oh gotten a God. second goal <laughs> yeah. uh, after he... he I, I was actually watching the highlights earlier today because uh, I knew I was going to be on the pod. I was like, all right, let's rewatch the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about the, that moment when uh, what is it? he stole the ball from Diego Reyes, and you're like, oh, my God, that's I completely forgot about that, where it looked like he was going to score a goal. So actually, with all of that in mind... I don't know. I think if you're an America fan, you got to be pleased with that, right? You get the three points after all those players are missing. Now, I'm sure you guys are accustomed yeah. now over the last several months to players missing, but I don't, it's, it's not bad. I, I don't think that's that bad. Bioko got it right tactically, so I don't know, he, he did what he could with the oh, roster. Yeah, definitely. Christian, go ahead. I, I see you eager to jump into this. Uh... No, no, no. I think I think what he's what, what Cesar is saying is correct. You know, time, time after time on the park, we kind of criticize, uh, you know, Bioko for for his for his tactical kind of kind of I guess planning of, of a match. But you know, given the players that are available and knowing the side you're going up against, a five three two, you know, was definitely not unlikely. And it was rumored that it might have happened, that it could have happened and it did happen. And you know, even with the with the um integration of, of Haret, you know, him being its debut, I think all around I think a solid eight out of ten, uh, you know, game for, from us, and you know, I think that's something that you know we can build uh, no, build upon. I mean, if you look at that starting eleven from America, I mean, that that, that kind of looks like. I mean, obviously there's some like big key names, but you're like you're like kind of looks like a Copa it America. Does. Side, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and even though you're even though you're at home, like that's. Even though you're at home, that's still really difficult against a, this Thigris side. I know this is a, a Thigris that. I mean, season after season, how many times have we talked about them having a start to the season, blah, blah, mm-hmm. they struggle. I know this is kind of typical, and then they end up qualifying for the playoffs. But still, like, I, 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 I th- I'm I, quite impressed because, once again, it wasn't as if America, and I know it was a narrow win, it wasn't as if America was a poorer side. I thought they were the better side. I don't know. I, like, so I, I, I think I think that's a solid, solid three points for them. I Maybe it wasn't beautiful, entertaining, entertaining, exciting soccer that everybody anticipated. I mean, I... Had to do some predictions for some work, and I definitely said this is one of the matches of the weekend. I was a little disappointed <laughs> by it, but still, I mean, if you're an America fan, three points. Who cares? No, yeah, you know? it, definitely. And I think you hit it on the head right there when you say, you know, um, Piojo got it right tactically. America walks away with three points, and I think it's uh, it's it's definitely the narrative that the team's probably going to take away from is it's not the injuries, it's, it's not the people that were not there. It's the fact that the team came together as a group, as a unit, walked away with three points. And like you mentioned, you know, they they took the game Tigres for the most part. Um, you know, even though sometimes it looked like America did not have most of the ball, it looked like they were able to keep Tigres at bay. It looks like you know Tigres were kind of a bit reluctant to go forward because they knew. And this is one of the things that Piojo does very so well with his back line of five is when he's uh, when he's getting attacked and he does win the ball on the counter attack. It's what he's prepared for prepared to do. It's it's his game plan, his style. And you look at someone with the pace of kind of George Sanchez, he kind of showed it throughout the most of the game. He made some great, great runs down the down the, down that left side of the pitch, you know. Uh, so it, it definitely mm. panned out to the way that uh, Piojo wanted it to do uh and and what i would also say that Tigres maybe kind of let themselves down a little bit because i think they played a little bit more defensive than they should have against a very weakened america side yeah no i agree and actually uh i think i was i mean after they allowed that first goal 
maybe that's when they stepped up a little bit. Because I think right after halftime, I think America had a little bit more possession that looked like they were doing a little bit better. But I feel like, I mean, I don't know, that's just, that's just, that's just Tigres, that's just Tuca. That's Tuca playing Tuca ball as well, you know? So it's, it's not brilliant soccer. Sometimes you watch it, you don't really feel inspired, which is why he probably had to have that pre- press conference on Monday. I guess he always has something on Monday, like press conference-wise. But why he felt like he had to... They say that like if you want to watch the spectacle, you go watch. You know, you would have watched Kwanga Bailey back in the day, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I think. But but the thing is with Tigres, so it's just that I don't know. This is an America pod, but I'm just thinking about Tigres now. With Tigres, though, it's just like I don't know. They're eventually they're gonna get it right. I feel like eventually it's just like I, I've lost track. Honestly, I've lost track of the amount of times that I've said, oh, you know, they had a poor start to the season. They're not doing well. It's this crisis mode for Tigres because they didn't win three games in a row, they'll bounce back, they'll fight back, and then what's going to end up happening, they might end up going against America, and it's going to be a thrilling <laughs> like playoff battle against yeah. America, you know? And then you're going to see the real, real, like, emotions from, like, Duca and, like, Yoko going up against each other. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that's just what comes to mind for me. I, th- I, th- I think Vegas will be fine, and this is solid three points for America, especially when you could Definitely the at home, breaking in the new kit, Christian. Um, Anything... Uh, anything that kind of stood out to you in this match that you said, okay, I really like this from this from this team. Um, I just just the way they kind they kind of coped with the with the whole situation. Obviously, new formation from last year, and we also uh, had the had the debut of our two new uh, signings in Luis Fuentes and Escobosa. Uh, I think they did their job pretty well. Um, nothing you know extraordinary, but you know they 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 did what they needed to do. And um, I think that was good from them. Another player I think I want to highlight is also Gonzalez. A lot of eyes on this player, especially with Guido leaving. Can can he be the man to step up and kind of fill that role, or does America, you know, is America obligated to go out and get that number five? I know a lot of fans are are asking, you know, day in and day out, you know, what news about this number five? Um, there really isn't much right now, so it's up to it's up to also to kind of just prove himself to Herrera that you know if no one comes that you know he can rely on him and for the most part you know he had a okay game uh there were there were times where i thought he was a little bit uh slower than 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 the gameplay if that makes sense a little bit step behind uh, everything but i think you know with a little bit more game time i think he can kind of go back to the way you know he he, uh he once was i do not envy the player who has to replace Guido Rodriguez, I just do not want to be that guy. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. like a, a, any other player in the field. Little, mm-hmm. I'd rather be, I'd rather be the guy who follows Ochoa. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd rather be the guy who follows Ochoa than to be the guy who has to follow Guido Rodriguez. Just like the, just like the amount of work that's expected of you, and the like the expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think, man, it's like, it's, it's like, like, the, like a manager who has to follow like. Uh, I don't know, like a, like Sir Alex Ferguson, a striker who has to follow, like, 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 like I don't know, like Cristiano Ronaldo, just like, I do not want to be the, guy. the player has to follow Guido Rodriguez. I feel right. so bad, just because, like, I've, I've said it time and time and time again, like, just because I saw Guido Rodriguez when he was over here in Tijuana, oh, and, like, I, I remember literally from day one, uh, I was completely blown away. I was like, who is this dude who completely showed up, and we're just like, this, like, kid who's, like, giving directions to players, be like, no, you go there, you go, you do this, and it was just like, an incredible player, so yeah, and I, I I feel bad for whoever ends up being like the next actual defensive midfielder for America. Uh, those are huge, you know, like cleats to fill right there. They definitely are. But you guys he- heard it here first. Cesar is willing to put his hand up and take the spot of Guido Rodriguez. You are a midfielder, by the way. Nah, dude. So it, it, yeah. a, f- a, f- a five a five seven get dude with back problems <laughs> and uh... <laughs> no man. <laughs> That's no, not gonna work out. <laughs> uh no, but you're right. It, it 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 definitely is not gonna be fun for whoever does have to come into it because you know it's added more pressure and into the fact that you're already coming into America, which is pressure alone in itself, to now have to follow that is definitely definitely gonna be uh, a very difficult task. Which is I think why the team is taking such a long time to find the correct replacement. Um, Christian, like you mentioned, that there's nothing really on the horizon yet as to whether or not we're going to get a new player yet. Um, look, the transfer window is closing in about a week and a couple of days, so it's it, it's going to be interesting to see whether America can find the right player at the right time. Um, again, I don't think the team's going to rush into this one. I, I think they're going to take their time. And like you said, for the meantime, and Piojo has said it himself, he's going to play with also. So it should be interesting. Should yeah. be mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Um, another player I'd like to highlight um, is uh, the incorporation of Leo Suarez into this match. Uh, a guy who's been here for, what, about a week in, down in Mexico City? About a and, week. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, gets thrown in, into the second half. Uh, had himself 
some very good dribbles, I would, uh, you know, I, I would like to say. Uh, you, you can only imagine what he's going to look like if he can continue this kind of strong start and, and can kind of, you know, continue adapting to what is Mexico City, the altitude and everything that falls with it, of course, in adapting to the team. But looks like a very promising young player, only 23 years old, like we mentioned before on the podcast, he has, you know, loads of potential to be someone very important for America. Um, and we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, the, the, the new signings, you know, Fuentes, uh, I think was very important in that back five. Something to highlight in this game, too, is that America walked away with a clean sheet, something that hardly happened last year in the Apertura. <laughs> so maybe the answer was playing that with three true. at the back. Uh, but, no, it, it, if you look at this game and if you compare it to kind of the, a game from last season, the defense looks like it's grown so much in confidence. And I'm not just talking about our center backs. If you look at the way Ochoa kind of commanded his back line and kind of played in his box, in comparison to what he was mm-hmm. doing in the Apertura, it seems that he's even more comfortable. He's grown into that. And he's saying, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And, and it's, kind of a, it's kind of refreshing to see that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's something that, you know, we called on the pod too, you know, we when everyone was freaking out when Ochoa was getting scored on like every single weekend and week out, we said, guys, just give him some time, let him adapt a little bit to this back five, whole new environment, you know, he just needed this time and now we're kind of seeing the, the results of and um and, and the hard work that, that uh, that's being put in. So, you know, if this is the start of our new, you know, kind of, I guess, refresh the back line and refresh goalie, it's looking good for us, honestly. Definitely. How do you, how do you guys feel? About, I mean, just from like an outsider perspective, just because like I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. It's kind of like a slight, a slightly related to what you guys were just saying about the back line, and more so related to kind of like Piojo tactics that we were talking about earlier today. But like from my outside perspective, I feel like a, a, a lot of media, a lot of people think that Piojo is just a motivator, and like he is he is an excellent motivator. Like if if it was halftime and my team was losing, a bit like, boom, yeah, bring in Piojo, <laughs> just like yell at us, just like really connect with us. But tactically, do we do we have? Is it just that we have different expectations of Bioko? Is it because Bioko is a motivator? We think that he doesn't do tactics tactics right, or do you guys think actually maybe he he actually is a bad tactician, or maybe actually he deserves more credit? I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say when it comes to Bioko tactics. Because I think a lot of people just think of Bioko just like wears his heart in his sleeve. That's the guy there who just yells, blah 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 blah. But do we not give him enough credit or do you feel like he is actually kind of questionable tactical wise? I, I, I've always wondered about that. I, 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 like from, from, from a Gluba Medica fan perspective. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Christian go first and then I'll, 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 I'll carry, I'll follow him. Sure. Um, you know, Bioho's an interesting character, you know, while he is mainly, I guess, portrayed as kind of that, that hype man, that motivator, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of like that cheerleader that as like, you know, one would say, Tactically speaking, you know, there's moments where you just you look at a game kind of maybe like this one. Another one was a was a particular game. I don't know if it was last season or the season before that. But, you know, you 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 see what he, what he does and he and then how he adjusts and we're like, wow, like that was very smart. But then in some other games, you know, he we, we kind of, we're kind of questioning, like, why make this sub? Why go with mm-hmm. this formation? Why put that player in? So he's very mixed. But, you know, I think, you know, his tactics kind of. They're they're good, but I think they could be you know worked on a little bit more. But you know if I guess he so, has so, more... so it's good, but maybe he's not consistent. He's not consistent. Like he, he's maybe not given enough credit, but he still needs to do that consistently. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, yes, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I, I think you guys said it perfectly. Um, I think he's evolved in the way that he's been coaching throughout the years. I it's you've you've seen it as well yeah. as i said whenever his time was down there in cholos mm-hmm. he was he was known as the character mm-hmm. to build your squad up but there was moments in times where he shined where you thought okay he's playing this player in this certain position why i don't know but it panned out for him he sees something in a player that makes him think okay you work perfectly in this situation don't have to look too far from it roger martinez wasn't known as a winger but Piojo saw that he likes to drift a lot out to the left side so he said you know what i'm putting you on the left wing let me see what you're capable of. So he did so. And so, you know, Piojo is getting there. And getting there. You're, you're, you guys are absolutely right. He's not consistent with the way that he's been kind of this tactical mastermind. But then again, you know, not a lot of coaches are. So, you know, it's, it's a lot about developing and growing and learning. And, I mean, a lot of people would maybe still question Tuca, whether he got, he's getting his tactic rights or not. You know, not to go too far into what we were talking about. 
but uh, you know Piojo is uh, Piojo I think has an advantage that a lot of coaches don't and that is like you mentioned Cesar you know he's the motivator he's a passionate guy he can get to you as a, yeah. as you know because he was in his in the same spot you know he's a player he knew what it was all about so he he's a great motivator in that sense but he also has a good football brain he knows and understands the game and so the more that he can go and develop tactics i think the better it's going to be and he can in he can be known as one of the best Mexican managers in history if he can continue to develop his tactics, right? And I think we're going to see a lot of that in this season is him developing those tactics and and having them work out and pan out for them. And I think within a couple of years, I think we'll, we'll be talking about a Bioko who's very good at doing both and understanding when is the time to be the motivator and when is the time to be the tactician. No, that makes sense to me. Just because, like, from like, I mean, you guys obviously follow Medica more closely than I do. Just because from an outsider perspective, I do feel like Bioko. I mean, for example, over the weekend, I feel like, all right, he's not just this guy who's just gonna like just yell at his players for ninety minutes, and that's just what he's gonna do. I feel like sometimes there are moments like this where, I, or like during playoff games, are just like, no, Bioko's getting things right tactically. I'm like, oh, are we? Why, why? Why aren't we talking about this enough? But I, like you guys mentioned, you guys have been keeping a closer eye on him. It seems like the issue is. You guys just want to see this week in week out. You just don't. You don't want to see it in certain matches. You want to see it in consistently. And then actually, I mean, I guess going back to the Sholo days, if we're going to bring that up, I mean, I think for me, he always made strange substitutes. I'm like, why would why would he do that? It's just like I felt like there's something odd about his substitutions. I know that's something that's continued to linger. But that's actually. I mean, just wanted to hear from your perspective. Yeah, it was it was interesting to hear about what your thoughts were from him tactically. No, yeah, definitely. And then he's definitely going to be someone yeah. that everyone's going to be talking about. I mean. We don't have to go too far into it. He just he gave an interview not that long ago. What was it yesterday, Christian? That he gave out an interview, uh, talking about Roger Martinez and talking about you know how he's no yeah. longer going to be considered part of the club. How you know Cecilio Dominguez even wanted to come back. So he's he's always a guy mm-hmm. that's going to be at the front center of America. So he's someone that uh, we're going to continue to talk about. Hopefully for the good, not for the worst. So, yeah. That is that is until Mexico wants him back because I think he wants. Oh, that, he man. definitely. Like, once, he once definitely wants that back. He definitely back. wants that back. It's oh, fine 100%. though because once that happens, Cuatro mm-hmm. Blanco should be ready to come back and and coach. So we should be <laughs> we should be all good. We should be all good by then. The plan is working. Uh, but no, it's uh, he's definitely gonna be someone we we're definitely gonna be talking about. Hopefully for his tactical geniuses like in this matchup. Uh, but yeah, that was America Tigres walking away with three solid points, a clean sheet, nothing more, nothing less. Um, anything else to add on before we kind of talk over uh, our next segment? No? Alrighty, gentlemen, that is that. Um, Cesar, give us a little bit of a recap of what happened uh, uh, for Cholos away at Querétaro. Wasn't the best game for them. What What went wrong for them in this matchup? I mean, I think uh, after the match, uh, new manager Gustavo Quinteros kind of perfectly summed it up. I mean, he just owned up the loss. He was just like, our team, he said, our, our team, well, he, what he was saying, which is like, our team weren't like pressing enough. They were losing, like, uh, they're losing individual battles. You know, the, the, they looked a little passive out there. And I would agree. Actually, I, I, don't, I don't think Cholos looked that great out there. And I think that you see the individual efforts from Queretaro um, uh, in this match, which uh, I'm surprised no one called it the Grupo Caliente Clásico just because uh, <laughs> just because now Cholos ownership now owns Queretaro <laughs> ownership. Um, but you had former Cholos players doing quite well uh, for Queretaro. You had, uh, you know, Nahuel Pan uh, doing quite well for Queretaro. And defense, he had Velasquez doing quite well for Queretaro. Another former Scholes player from a different era. I mean, from a different era, what was like a year ago. Uh, uh, Fabian Castillo uh, did well and he scored a goal. So, I mean, I think Scholes, it's, they, they tend to be... I mean, I, I know it's like a very simple thing to say that, you know, teams tend to do well at home. They tend to do poorly away from home. That's that's most soccer teams. That's just the way it tends to go. But that's kind of exacerbated with Scholes. Because they tend, because not they tend, they do actually play an artificial turf at home because mm-hmm. the distance between Tijuana and all the other Liga Mekis teams. So, because that teams tend to do quite some travel when they go, when they, when they go to Tijuana, and Scholes tend to do a decent amount of travel when they leave Tijuana. And also because you, you, Scholes do tend to have managers that they don't like taking risks away, uh, away from the Estado Caliente. So, I think Quinteros try to instill that idea in Cholos in this match and it just didn't work out 
So whether it be an issue of his players not following through with what he said or him doing a poor job of not instilling that idea remains to be seen. But I think uh, I think that'll be interesting because I think at home against America this um, this upcoming Friday, you are going to see a pressing 4-4-2 system. You are going to see Quinteros. He's going to want to bounce back and try to get a win here. And also, Cholos traditionally... I shouldn't say traditionally, but in recent games, they do okay against against America and the Estado Caliente. They they tend to get wins. They at least in the last few matches that I've seen, because I've been out here since 2016 watching like every Shoals home game. I, I see them get wins. I see them get draws against America. So I I, I think it's still a pretty big test, uh, you know, for for Globe America, despite the fact that Shoals were unimpressive. And let's make it known, Shoals were not good last weekend. But at home, they're an entirely different team, you know? So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this upcoming Friday. Definitely, definitely. And this upcoming Friday, that game's going to be 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, for everyone wondering what time that match kickoff is. Like, uh, as I mentioned, down at the Estadio Caliente. Um, Christian, how is America coming into this game? Uh, Like like we mentioned, we're kind of a little bit on a high because of this uh, Club Tigres win. But you think that Piojo is going to approach this match a little bit different? Is he going to go kind of with the same mentality? What do you think? What do you think is going to be the idea going into this match? Kind of like a rinse and repeat. I think you know what worked for Herrera kind of last match. He tends to uh, you know repeat it in the next match, and I think it's not going to be any different for this game as well. Interesting, interesting. So then I guess we're kind of taking the same approach that America is going to go with that back five going that into the five. Estadio Caliente, which is, again, mm-hmm. poses a very interesting question because um, I think it works perfectly because we don't have the players for a 4-4, four, four, uh, a 4-4-2 four, four, in a sense, or a 4-2-3-1, a uh, which Piojo really likes to play. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, 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 go, go, go. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too. Just uh, I think one thing that's kind of fascinating too is just be- the 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 Biojo kind of factor. You know, I think Biojo is well aware of how, what it's like to to lead a team in the Estado Caliente. Obviously, he has that history uh, with Cholos. I mean, it was only for a little under two years, but I mean, uh, being close to two years is actually quite long when you consider just the short history of Club Tijuana. Uh, it'll be interesting to see too, just because. I mean, we all know because of Scholz's proximity to the United States, if if, if America is playing or Chivas are playing, they're not. I'm not. It's it, they're. I'm not gonna say they're basically the home team, but they're pretty close to being the home team. Well, the, the stadium. Let's just say the stadium erupts when Chivas score. The stadium erupts when 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 uh, uh, when America scores. You know, whenever those two teams come drop by, and there's a handful of other teams. You know, maybe like kind of maybe a Cruz Azul. Maybe a Pumas. You're thinking about like the, you know, you, you, you think about like the kind of the classic like Big Four. Right. I mean, that does definitely become kind of a, a venue for like uh, fans from not only just the Tijuana area and other parts of Mexico, but just definitely fans from Southern California who come down to watch these games. So I think what's we the factor here is that Biojo is well aware of the sim. He's well aware of the grounds. He's, he's be, obviously be able to tell his players how to play on this field. And also that yeah, this is. It's probably going to feel like a home game for America. I, I, I think that you're going to have a significant kind of crowd behind them. I think in games like these, it tends to be 50-50, maybe even 60-40 in favor of an America side. Or if it was a yeah. Chivas side, I would say the same thing. So it's going to be a fascinating. At the very least, it's going to be a sold-out game. It's going to be a great atmosphere for both sides. Like that's that's definitely. No, for yeah, sure. you're right. And uh, you know, I was down there with you last year. So I said whenever America ended up playing yeah. against Cholos, and kind of that environment was uh, was completely amazing. Um, like you said, it was it was it was, it was very kind of fifty fifty with the crowd. Um, but again, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, I remember that Guido Rodriguez uh, Golasso kind of kind of set up the. Uh, the, yeah, the atmosphere yeah. for the America fan base, and then of course Cholos coming back, uh, you know, kind of you know riled up their fans. So, like you said, in, in the stadium alone, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Um, if any of you guys listening to this and are, are going to be down there, you guys, and it's your first time going there, it's going to be a real spectacle. And uh, some of you might even feel right at home because, like we mentioned, you have a lot of Americanistas around you as well. Uh, so it's not just going to be pure Cholos territory. So. Will be interesting to see how things pan out in the stands. Uh, but as much as uh, we want to focus on that, we kind of draw our attention to what is actually going to happen on the pitch. And I'm curious, Cesar, to to ask. I, I know you kind of gave us the formation that they're going to use, but who are going to mm-hmm. be the players that you think are going to be lining up against America? 
I mean, more than likely, you're probably going to see a little bit of mixture that you saw in the last two uh, matches. So, I mean, at the very least, you can predict that the attack is going to look the same. So I'm looking at the starting 11. So it'd be probably Bolaños up front, probably see Sanveso up front, probably see Cesar, uh, Cesar Faletti on one wing, uh, Mauro Linus, the other Linus <laughs> on the other wing, Ignacio Rivero uh, as a defensive midfielder, Alfonso Sanchez as kind of like the more attack-minded midfielder. Uh, Gonzalez Perez, uh, from, uh, the recent signing from Atlanta United in defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other than that, you kind of have questions what's going to go on, go on defensively. You're going to have Aldo Cruz on one side. Are you going to have Omar Mendoza on the other side? Are you going to have someone like a Vladimir Loronia uh, on the other side? Are you going to see someone like, uh, like a Silva um, uh, Jordan Silva is like a, one of the younger defenders in that position. You can see one of the new defenders, Barbieri, uh, in that position. So I think that because there are question marks regarding that back line, also I, I should say that Hood's going to be in goal. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. but because you have question marks, what the back line is going to look like, uh, my guess is if there is going to be a weakness, it's going to be that back line because I feel like new manager you know, Gustavo Quintero still doesn't know what his ideal, uh, what his ideal like, back line is going to look like. Is he going to go have someone like a Mendoza who's a little bit more experienced? Or is he going to have someone like a Loronia uh, at that right-back position who's, yeah, maybe he has a little bit more potential, but he isn't nearly as solid defensively as a Mendoza. You know, are, are you going to go with someone like a Jordan Silva who's, yep, has more potential, a little bit younger, a little bit taller? Or are you going to be going with someone a little bit more established like Barbieri, who's a newcomer who could potentially be a key player for them? So I think that's going to be their weakness because uh, you still don't know what that defense is going to look like. But this attack can provide some trouble. I think Bolaños, Miller Bolaños is definitely the, the, the player to keep it on from Cholos because he's probably creating the most opportunities. He's going to be taking the most shots. He's going to be he's 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 their 10. He wears a number 10, uh, you know, for, for Scholes. And he's going to continue being that player. So I think if there's someone who's going to cause some damage, it's definitely be Miller Bolaños up front for Scholes. Interesting. Very, very interesting to hear that. Christian, um, you kind of have an understanding of some of these players as well, especially with your time, uh, time following Atlanta United with this new center back, uh, us. You think America has, especially after everything that Cesar just talked to uh, talked to us about this uh, Cholo side? Do you think America mm-hmm. has in their uh, in in their starting eleven, which most likely will be the same repeat starting eleven, the right key pieces to break down this Cholo side away from home and and possibly walk away with a victory? I think they do, but you know, as Cesar mentioned earlier, you know, Estado Caliente is not a friendly place for us. And I think in the last four visits, we've had two losses and two draws. We haven't won yet in last in the previous four meetings. So, going into this match, knowing that kind of statistic and knowing that we are limited, you know, it's definitely not going to be an, an easy game whatsoever. But I think if Bijo gets his team to kind of click at the at the right moments. Uh, I do think we can steal a win, especially, you know, highlighting again what Cesar said uh, about their uh, defensive line being weak. Um, I think this is the perfect time if, you know, you want to, you know, maybe in, install, a, uh, you know, a Leo Suarez in there or a Nico Castillo in there to kind of give it a little bit of offensive push in the later ha- in the later stages of the game. I think we could see something like that happen. Um, so I think it's definitely possible. Not easy, but definitely possible. Interesting. No, yeah, de- definitely interesting to see what uh, what America is going to happen. Now, a couple of ex Cholo players to be featured in this matchup with the likes of Henry Martin, with the likes of uh, you know, uh, they're always ex Cholo players. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, Rodriguez, if he was <laughs> still all, there, but always... Luis Fuentes now, and then of course, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who's the other player that I'm forgetting? Um, Aguilera, there you go. Aguilera's the other player that I was was trying to mention. Uh, So these are players that would understand the terrain, kind of understand, uh, you know, what they're going into, what they're heading into. And a man that we just mentioned as well, which is Henry Martin, kind of needing to prove yet again to be vital and crucial with goals and another player that needs to kind of step up and did so very well in this game against Tigres is Giovanni Dos Santos. So a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility is is kind of falling on those kind of top two uh, attackers kind of, you know, making things happen for America up front. Uh, the defense is going to be kind of a crucial in this match too as well, you know, 
most likely we will have Bruno Valdez back in the starting eleven. So it's how well this defense can gel and keep out players like Miller Bolaños uh, away from goal should be interesting. Uh, now, as a goalkeeper, this is not going to be an easy game for Ochoa whatsoever. Turf is never uh, the friendliest for defenders or goalkeepers, seeing as how it's uh, the ball runs faster. Uh, a, a ball hard low is usually going to be almost impossible to reach to. So, you know, some some things that some of these players kind of have to take into account. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely, it has a, it has a different, like, I mean, you you can see it even just like from the press box, like it has like a slight, like if you focus on the ball, it has a slight little different bounce to it, which is why I think that Sholos have that advantage, especially since, uh, well, the last field before they replaced it, I mean, that field was so beat up that the balance was just even more strange in comparison yeah. to other kind of uh, like turf fields. Uh, but they have replaced it. It's actually something that uh, Gonzalez Pierce is used to because it's the same field that the Falcons use and that Atlanta United use because that's the new field that they have over there. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, uh, Ivan, it's just it is going to be interesting to see how Ochoa deals with this. Although. I will say Ochoa will probably be greeted like a hero out there. <laughs> I guess I think there's a there's a lot of Mexican national team fans. There's a lot of America fans. I, I think I think there's gonna be a, a, a huge amount of support for. If anything, you know, Scholes fans are not happy with Lahoud uh, over the last several months. You know, he's he's shown a little bit of inconsistency. He's not exactly been playing at his very best. If anything, Scholes fans might be more excited about seeing uh, Ochoa come to town <laughs> than uh, than seeing Lahoud continue to stick around a net. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Christian, what is our starting 11 for, uh, or our predicted starting 11 for this match on Friday? Well, considering, because we don't know if Bruno Valdez will be back yet in time. You know, he says he's ready, but, you know, we don't know what Bioho might do because he's always throwing curveballs literally at the last minutes. But if he is ready, this is my starting 11. Um, I have Ochoa in net, the back five, uh, Paolo Aguilar, Bruno Valdez, Emanuel Aguilera, and I have Jared actually starting over Luis Fuentes. Uh, and then Jorge Sanchez uh, at the left-back position. Uh, your three in the midfield would be, would be Escobosa, also Gonzalez, and Richard Sanchez. And uh, your two up top would be Giovanni Dos Santos and Henry Martin. Now, I don't see Jared playing this game if Bruno is healthy. I don't see Luis, Fent- Luis Fuentes uh, not starting this game. Only because, one, he adds uh, a little bit of experience in the back line, which I think Piojo really wants for this game. Two, he knows the terrain. Okay. He knows what to expect in a game like this in in mm-hmm. in the Sala Caliente. Um, and three, I think he's one of one of those guys that Piojo kind of trusts in early in the season to try to you know kind of cement that back line a little bit more. Uh, so I, I do see Luis Fuentes starting. I don't see Jare getting another shot right mm-hmm. away. Uh, that is only if Bruno Valdez does uh, isn't a hundred percent ready to go. Uh, but it, you know, which does kind of suck because this kid's done so well for the in the games that he's been featured. Whether they've been friendlies, whether they've been uh, Copa Mekis games, whether it's been this one Liga Mekis game against Tigres, uh, he's definitely has potential. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, with Cáceres coming in, that's even more of a competition for him. So hopefully, in the in you know in the in the upcoming games to come, like the game against the uh, Honduras team for the you know Conca Champions League, he's able to feature and kind of showcase Piojo something. And who knows? Maybe Piojo does have a little bit more confidence in him for this uh, Liga Mekis season. So, do you guys think that Jorge Sanchez and Bali Gilad are both going to start uh, as uh, I guess you could say as almost like a yes. wing back uh, yes. in this game? Because mm-hmm. I think I think if. Because I think that if Quinteros does go with his pressuring system, because he was, that is something he mentioned uh, in the last uh, press conference, the post-game press conference of Cholos, he was very, very disappointed at how he felt like the team didn't press enough. And I think that's what made things difficult for Santos uh, in that last home game for Cholos was how how much that Cholos really pressured Santos. So if if he's going to continue to go with that with that roster, if he's going to continue to go with that style, if he's going to continue to go with that system, and if he continues to tell Mendoza to go forward, because you're going to see Omar Mendoza, I wouldn't be surprised, or even if it's Loronia, I bet you're going to see a lot of high-pressing runs from Scholz's fullbacks, especially from the right-hand side. And if they do do that, and if he and if Quinteros does take that chance, what that could potentially mean is a lot of space for Jorge Sanchez to go through. What it could potentially mean is a lot of space for Paul Aguilar to run through and to make some dangerous runs. So it'll be interesting interesting to see if Quintero sticks with that system and if he wants his fullbacks to pressure, because if he does have his fullbacks pressure, 
yeah, that could lead to some goals for Scholes. But at the same time, I mean, Jorge Sanchez and Paul Aguilar might be having a great time Yeah, it could there. expose him. And I, and I think that's <laughs> oh, what yeah, Piojo's yeah. plan is. I, yeah. I think he's looking at, you know, this matchup against Santos. And he's saying, okay, I'm expecting for them to come and press me as high as possible. So a lot of responsibility is not going to fall so much on Paul Aguilar, but George Sanchez kind of the same way that it, a lot of responsibilities of the kind of forward runs kind of fell on him against Tigres. Obviously, George Sanchez has a lot of making up to do after his blunder in the Liga MX final against Monterrey. So today, this this yeah. game on Friday might just be the day that he mends for his mistake by scoring, you know, a goal or two, or maybe producing a goal or two. Uh, like Cesar said, with all that space right. potentially being available for him, would be interesting to see. But like I, like I said, sometimes um, a lot of us forget that Piojo's you know, main tactic is this five three two. This is what he, you know, he kind of brought to the game. He kind of brought to America to win that title to kind of uh, against Cruz Azul in in his first stunt in in uh, in twenty thirteen. It's what he brought to the Mexican national team in the twenty fourteen World Cup. He knows how to use it. He knows how to play, it, and he has the players for this for this formation. So it will be interesting to see how he comes into uh, Cholos on Friday and uh, whether or not he's going to be a little bit reluctant to kind of go and get the ball, or whether he's going to try to take the game to Cholos, which I, I don't really see. I think America sits back a little bit more, soaks in a bit of the pressure, and if uh, and if Cholos does take the bait, uh, America will definitely try to release on the counter. Yeah, if that 5-2 almost worked against the Netherlands, why not uh, a Cholos yeah. in Tijuana, right? It's almost same the same thing. Right? thing. It's <laughs> almost the same shade of red. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, no, yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, Cesar, give me your prediction for Friday's matchup. Um, I feel like I also, even though I... I mean, you you like to bring up history. You like to bring up like what's happened recently in the past. And be like, this team has typically struggled in this situation. This, I think, sometimes it's, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes we just like to reference those things because it's the only stats we have. Sometimes, and I think that that's just all of that's thrown complete. Everything's completely brand new, and everything's completely like novel and like interesting in a, in a new match because. It, players probably don't maybe don't even think about it's like oh my god i can't believe we didn't beat Cholos in the last four games and these like i I sometimes think about that but that being said it is still a tough venue it is still early on this season sometimes early on this season and i feel like results can be a little bizarre in liga mackie so i i I think Cholos have something to prove and i think that it's going to be a one-to-one or two-to-two draw i think um if anything, maybe if I'm leaning towards a third option, I'll say a two to one win for Medica. So number one option will be a two to two draw. Number uh, number two option will be one to one draw, and third option will be a two to one <laughs> win for Medica. If that makes any sense? Because I think because I, I I think I think that Sholo uh, said I think Quintero will be especially compelled to have a good showing uh, after losing to Queretaro. I think Sholos yeah traditionally do quite well at home. I think that the team has makings to to get a, a goal, at least a goal against America, especially with Bolaño. Both, both those players play at their very best. They can score score against any league in Mexico side. But at the same time, I think Schultz are going to allow at least one goal because of that back line. I'm not entirely convinced by it. And if they're having an off game, they'll probably allow a, cu- a couple goals. So I'll go with a draw. I know I'm going with like 18 different results here, right here. <laughs> I'm going with one i'll stick with the i'll stick with the two to two draw i'll tell you all right then all right two to two draw from right. christian give me your prediction for uh for friday's matchup i'll take this as option three i think i made it go walk over the two one all right all right not bad, not bad at all. It's time, time to break, to break the, the curse. The curse. <laughs> well, if we're if we're picking uh, A, B, or C from Cesar, I'm definitely going with B for my prediction, and that's America ends up with a one-one draw at the Estadio Caliente. I do see this one being a very difficult matchup. Uh, I, I don't know the the team, the the back five, the, the the lack of players that we still have makes me a bit skeptical, makes me a bit worrisome. Um, but again. Uh, if America proves me wrong, then well, so be it. I I think we'd all we'd all accept that. But uh, again, I'm going with a one-one draw, which I think would still be a very viable result for America, seeing that it's only the second game into their season, um, and still kind of being unbeaten, quote unquote. So I mean, sh- should be interesting. <laughs> of course, only two games in, can't read too much into that. But yeah, it looks like uh, since you gave all our predictions for uh for for tonight's <laughs> show, <laughs> should I, should I just continue going with results that way? I'm like officially not wrong. I'd be like. 
Well, it could be a 3 nothing win <laughs> for either side. But if you think about it, it could be a 5-5 draw. But it could also potentially be a 2-1 to loss for Nakaxo, who's not even playing the match. But maybe it could be a win for that. I'll, I'll, just keep, I'll just keep throwing random results just so it's recorded. And I'll be like, ah, see, you guys, I said I said, I said it would be a 3-2 to win for, for Cholos. I literally said it. Just like... <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Some of, uh, some of the listeners are here very optimistic. Uh, Jeffrey going with a 4-0 win for America. Uh, but hey, Jeffrey's always been one of the one of the more optimistic people on here. Uh, Louis going with a yeah. two to three win for America. That's a very high scoring match. High, uh, high but you know, game. granted, some oh, of these good. games do end up having a uh, you know a lot of goals to tell about. Uh, OMG, it's AV going with a two one win for America. And uh, interesting enough, uh, OMG saying OMG, it's AV saying Ivan is gonna go to the game and celebrate and win. Celebrate the win at Papa's and Beer right after the match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't recommend any establishment like that. <laughs> uh, no. Be, be a responsible yes. adult. Don't be an American tourist. <laughs> uh, even if I wanted to, I, ha- I work the next morning, so it uh, it probably wouldn't be so wise of me to go and uh, and and waste sleep on that. But hey. Uh, well, does does your boss does your boss know about this? He podcast? does. He does. He's always asking me about it too. He's oh. like, "Hey, you know, how's it going with the podcast? How's this and that?" This is. A... Well, I guess, I guess now officially, like he or she uh, will know about this, and now you can't ditch work the next day. So yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Hello, hello. hello <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So it's. Uh, I, I read that earlier when we were talking, and uh, it gave me quite the laugh. So. Uh, shout out to everyone who's listening and and on the on the chat right now. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, that's that's the matchup. Uh, still, I, I I think it paints to be a good game. Um, uh, maybe a little bit more exciting than the Tigres America game. So we'll see. Uh, who knows? There might be goals. There might not be. But I will. Men- I I will guarantee you one thing. It's definitely gonna be something. Uh, something of a spectacle. If you are at the stadium and if you're just going to be watching it at home, uh, believe me, there's always going to be something to talk about in this game. Whether it's uh, something America did, something that Cholos did, or something that VAR ended up doing. So there's always something to talk about here in Liga MX, and that's the fun of it. Well, hopefully it's not VAR. Week after week, that seems to be like the main topic on Twitter, just a match and VAR. It's uh, look who you're talking to. You're talking to the to the to the guys that have to cover America, who got two goals taken back in the (laughs) final because of VAR. Uh, No, but uh, well. Always something to talk about, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean that pretty much wraps it up for us. Uh, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Resaca America US. We're gonna be uh, live tweeting that match and giving you guys all the up to most coverage in regards to everything that's going on at the Sal Caliente. We're gonna try to get you guys um, as much as information, and then of course during the match live tweeting everything so you guys can stay up to date. For if whatever reason you're gonna miss this matchup, you know uh, whether you got quinceanera practice, whether you got um, who knows you know work or whatever maybe my quince- my quinceanera is coming up thank you for Ooh. the reminder i forgot yeah. let me yeah. who wants to I be would, my i would imagine that uh one of your chambalanes de honor would definitely have to be mr tom marshall yeah that's true oh there yeah. you go we'll, we'll set that up we'll set that up i'll send a message, send to, tom. message to tom and then of course uh dylan's always available for quinceaneras as well so he's uh mm-hmm. you know you can you could definitely have cowboy down there he would seem like a good DJ, actually, right? Like, what do you? I don't. I don't know why. Just with the cowboy, like, I, I feel like he would be like a really good DJ. Like any kind of like beyond quinceañeras, just like weddings, just like like events, parties. Like, have cowboy Dan, right? I, I, I would hire him just based on yeah, his look alone. No, he's. He, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start marketing cowboy Dan across the United States uh, for all different kind of venues and parties. <laughs> uh, whether you said it bar mitzvahs, weddings, um, you know, baptisms. Gender reveals, whatever the whole, whatever, whatever Gender the case reveals. may be, Cowboy Dan is willing. Just, just play one yeah. song, get out. <laughs> uh, no, but hey, shout out to Dylan, who unfortunately couldn't make it. Of course, work I had to delay him. But hey, he does send uh, 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 a howdy to you, Cesar. He, he didn't make sure to tell me to tell you that, so he does say uh, hello. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it. So for those of you guys who were wondering, where is our beloved Cowboy? Uh, he's out there still trying to cover the news. So. Uh, shout out to Dylan who who continues to do uh, the utmost work and continues to make the podcast proud outside of the whole Liga Mekis community. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, that, that's pretty much it. Make sure you guys follow us. And Cesar, where can they follow you? Because you're going to be uh, a very important person mm-hmm. for this matchup. Where can uh, the people follow you on Twitter? 
So that's at Cesar H Football. Um, you'll be seeing my tweets. Usually I do a little stuff like before the game, like walking around the parking lot. Maybe if I like, see some like America fans, like with some like, I don't know, like there's like if there's like sort of like, like if, if there's like visiting fans with like cool stuff or if they have like, I mean, for example, like for, for whatever reason, this is like a little bit of a tangent. There's like Guerrero fans who every time they visit, well, obviously because the team name makes sense, but they bring like, there's Guerrero fans who bring like roosters with them or just like, so it's, like I always like take pictures of that. Maybe we'll That's see what I was eagle. hoping for. Who knows? No, I have imagine being... Am I just saying, you know what? Today's the day I'm taking my pet eagle to the stadium. What could go wrong? <laughs> I, what could go wrong is that like the people, like security would be like, you literally cannot walk into the stadium with your pet eagle. <laughs> Unless actually you, you go, let and go then the he... eagle, you go in. And you go in, and, and then, then you guys like meet up. Back. Oh, yeah. There you, you just got to train him. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, you can follow me at Sesson H Football on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be tweeting about that. I'll be tweeting. Uh, I tweet about just like kind of Mexican uh, soccer in general, a little bit of American soccer too. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, a little. I'm a little too obsessed with the sport. But yeah, that's, that's where you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All righty. Christian, anything to add on before we uh, sign off here? Yes, the main reason to follow this man is for the videos of the halftime shows. That is the only yes. reason. <laughs> that is very true. If you want any halftime show, con- I'll be. I, I I make a point to always post halftime show content. Uh, the Estado Caliente. Sometimes it's a little disappointing. Sometimes it's exciting, and there's mascots like wrestling and fighting each other. <laughs> Sometimes it's Star Wars themed, like like a halftime show with a Shalos like like mascot mm-hmm. just like in the middle just like waving a lightsaber it's confusing but anywho I'm, o- I'm always posting the, ha- the halftime content this I will not lie to you the moment yeah. I went down there last year uh, I was very <sighs> excited for the halftime show was very disappointed that there was no fruits fighting each other yeah. so I was <laughs> but <laughs> they haven't done it in a while they gotta do it today, they gotta do they, it this man. Friday yeah. might be the day that they bring out the wrestling rings for these uh, for these mascots should be interesting but yes follow this man for all the content <laughs> halftime and all the great <laughs> articles that he's writing for uh, for all these other great uh, great places so again Cesar thank you so much for being in front of the podcast thank you so much for coming on uh, and, and really helping pave the way for so many of us like uh, like like me and Christian uh, and again thank you and uh, thanks to everyone for coming out, Christian. As always, thank you. It's a pleasure. Every time of the week, you know. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Then we'll let you guys all go. Again, follows on Twitter, follows on Instagram. You guys know exactly where to go. So everyone listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, and or Spotify, thank you so much for uh, for joining and sticking this long. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week on the next episode. And until next time, take care. And as always, arriba la